Hey, how's everybody doing today? Welcome back to the Q&A show. Uh, my name is Curtis Robinson, and this is uh, Nathan Coe, who I have here with me today. Um, I'm excited about have him, having him on the show. And, uh, you know, before I get to anything, I want to apologize for not being on last week. I know I had a, a sickness. I had a, a little bit of a strep, and I wasn't able. I was coughing so much that I literally could not talk. So that was, that was not very fun. Um, but, you know, I've known Nathan for a few years now. He uh, trains with us here at the Gold's Gym. Um, he's been training with us for about three years now. Um, and, you know, I, I, I do have the opportunity to teach trainers or help hire them here at the gym. So um, I'm always excited about getting to know somebody. And, uh, you know, as I got to know him through our hiring process, I got to, you know, know a little bit about his past. And <coughs> he's a... I mean, his past is pretty crazy, so I'm excited about him, you know, talking about that. I know a little bit of it, but I don't want to spoil too much. Um, yeah, and we've kept in contact uh, over the last couple of years. And last time I really talked to him, he didn't have any children, so I'm excited about <laughs> talking about that. Uh, now he's got a couple of kids. Um, and yeah, we uh, I've been doing this Q&A show. This is uh, episode four now, and uh, he connected with me a couple weeks ago after watching Ramones um, Q&A and said he wanted to do it. So. That's what we're doing here today. So, uh, without further ado, um, you know, before we get anything, you know, this Q and A, Nathan, is to find out a little bit about your story, uh, where you come from. Um, not only that, what you're doing today, and then why you're trying to do that, and where you're trying to go. Does that make sense? Um, all right. Well, I'm gonna leave the floor for you. So, uh, Nate, uh, where are you from? Uh, I'm originally from Chicago. I uh, was born in Chicago. Um, moved out of Chicago about. 13 years old and I came to Bloomington. Okay. Um, and yeah. But I mean, I'm from Bloomington pretty much, but that's why I got a lot of my upbringing from Bloomington. Mm -hmm. I went to high school here. Um, when did you graduate? I graduated in 04. 04? Yeah, oh, okay. I, uh, I, I started high school in 2006. Yeah. Uh, but I'm not sure if that makes you feel older yeah. now. But, uh, <laughs> okay, so you said no. you grew up in Bloomington? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I got my upbringing was right here in Bloomington. Okay, and uh, and what, how 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 was that? I mean, what was growing up in Bloomington like? Um, it was fun. I mean, it was a it was a culture shock kind of, you know, coming from Chicago and um, seeing some of the things that I was exposed to. What year did you move from Chicago to here? Um, ninety nine. I was thirteen. Thirteen. Wow. So you uh, so you grew up in Chicago all the way till you were thirteen, yeah. and then you moved here. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So what part of Chicago are you from? I'm from the South Side of Chicago. Wow. Yeah. That's not that's not a lot of fun. Yeah, it's not not, it's not mm -hmm. a lot of fun. But like I said, I wasn't exposed to um, you know as much as my brothers and some of my siblings and cousins mm -hmm. was exposed to. But you know, I was, still got a little bit. Yeah, of I, I was able to see you know the the grace and grime of you know that that Chicago life. So. And how was that? What was that like? What do you mean by? I mean, it wasn't fun. Right? I mean, it wasn't fun. Like um, some of the people that you come in contact with, uh, some of my family members. You okay. know, um, I mean, I, I came from a drug infested uh, environment uh, down from. You know my brother's cousin's mother. Wow. You know, um, and so I watched. You know, um, you know I watched. You know people sell drugs. I watched people get shot. I watched. You know, so so many different things. You know what I'm saying? That. Uh, How many brothers and sisters do you have? I have two brothers. Um, older, or younger. I have two older brothers. And I have two younger sisters wow. on my mom's side. And I have nice. siblings on my dad's side. Whoa! So, so you have a, yeah, a lot of siblings. Yeah. I got uh, where do you where are you stacking? You somewhere in the middle? Yeah, I'm a middle child actually. Middle. I middle. got two. I got two older brothers, and it's me, and then I have two younger sisters okay. that I grew up in a household with. Nice. So I'm the middle child. And what was that like? So did you live with all of them in the same household? Yeah. So yeah. your mother's and your dad's sides, or did you? No, I just live with the kids from my mom's side, which is my two brothers and my two little sisters. All right. So, so we all so lived in the same household. So it was. 
It was interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So what do you mean by that? Interesting. Um, I mean, like I said, I'm from Chicago, so we grew up in a in a small home. Like I remember all of us sleeping in the same bed, pretty yeah. much. Like all five of us in the same room, same bed. Oh. Um, you know, struggling to to eat. You know, it was nice where we used to go. Yeah, 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 absolutely. It was uh, nice where, you know, we didn't have nothing to eat like that. Or, you know, where we did, it was like the bare minimum, you know. Mm -hmm. um, but my mom did an excellent job. What was your mom's name? Uh, her name is Cynthia. Cynthia? Yeah. Um, she raised five children she by herself? Kids, absolutely, yeah. And it was strong. And she, she's my, I salute my mom, like, to the utmost because, um, I didn't know the struggle until I actually got a little bit older. You mm -hmm. know, when you're young, you don't really comprehend what you're going through. Of course. You know what I'm saying? You think uh, what you're going through is normal. Yeah, it's just you know, you every, don't, everyday living. Yeah, you that's don't just oppose it to it, nothing. Yeah, that's what uh, Mike, Mike Charter said uh, in our yeah. first episode. Yeah. He talked about how, uh, you know, you don't really know any different exactly. um, until you, you go somewhere else Absolutely. and you, you get exposed exactly. to something exactly. else. Something different. So while we were going through it, like the nights where we had bedroom with Eva, we eating hot dogs um, night in, night out, um, you know, I just thought it was normal. Like, we eat. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, it's... It's not it's a big deal. We're yeah. living. We got yeah, it doesn't seem like he's that crazy. It's not that big of a deal, you know. Um, like we always had a house, you know what I'm saying, to live in. Um, we always mm -hmm. had clothes on our back, shoes on our feet. Um, didn't know how, you know. Looking back um, at some of the conditions that my mom was in at that time, didn't know how that was possible. But um, she made it possible for all of us to be um, good. And what do you um, think that came from? Like, how did she? You know, what did she do? What was it? What was she doing back then? I guess. Um, well, I know my mom. She always worked the job, but you know, she had a hustle as well. She sold drugs. I'm not, you know, afraid to admit that. And I'm pretty sure she won't be afraid to admit that as well because yeah, that's just take care of children. Yeah, that's that's, what, that's yeah. who we are. We we don't always do things the right way, but we live, we learn, and we try to grow. Got to survive somehow. Yeah, absolutely. And it's not the right way to do things, but when you got five kids and you're trying to do it on your own, you got to. Middle, middle of South Side yeah, Chicago. Yeah, middle of South Side Chicago when you're dealing with so much. My mom has so much on her plate that I can't even probably uh, speak on her behalf. Are there any, like, instances that you can remember growing up that, uh, you know, you that kind of, I guess, define um, you as a sort? Because um, I know you've seen, I mean, you've seen something like that where, mm -hmm. you know, seen somebody that works so hard to take care of so many mm -hmm. of you all at once, you know, as you're growing up. Um, were there any instances that uh, you can remember that really stand out to you? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, my mom, watch my mom, um, watch her relationship, watching her relationship with my, my, my dad, which was her husband, um, watching some of the other relationships after they got a divorce and after my dad got killed. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I watched my mom. You said your dad was killed? Yeah, my, yeah, my dad was murdered. Yeah. How was he murdered? Um, he was shot by a woman. I guess he oh. was, uh, yeah, he was uh, He was um, in a relationship with a woman, and uh, I guess he had enough of a relationship. He tried to leave, and um, before he was, you know, packing his stuff to leave, she shot him in the head. And she killed him. And how old were you? Um, I was 13. 13. Did that have something to do with you moving down to Bloomington? No, no, you no. Moved, around, moved down to Bloomington when you said you were around 13. Yeah, we moved to Bloomington, like, right in the midst of this happening. Like, I think we came to Bloomington, and then it happened, like, as soon as I moved to Bloomington. Wow. Yeah. Okay. And how did you react to that? Um, I was numb, you know, um. I was numb. Was, was you know, growing up, growing up, I had thick skin. Like I, I had tough skin growing up. Um, mm -hmm. And like I said, I didn't know it back then, but I really didn't have too much feelings when it came to a lot of different things. You know, because okay. I seen so much uh, from my mom, my brothers, uh, myself. Like uh, so, I didn't have too much feelings. I was sad about it, um, but I didn't really. It didn't hit me until the funeral. It didn't hit me until I actually went to the funeral. I seen my dad laying there. Then I said, "Well, I think all those emotions." 
Mm. Um, didn't really actually yeah. realize he was gone too. Exactly, yeah. Like, like, like I was sleeping, my mom came woke me up, and uh, she was like, your dad did. And I was like, well, right. And she was like, she was looking at me, and I was like, okay. And I just laid back down and went to sleep, and I woke up the next morning. Yeah, right, you believe what you heard. Yeah, yeah. What? I went okay. to sleep, and then I, I woke up the next morning, and then they was all in the living room, my auntie, my mother, brothers. Everybody in the living room, they was all crying. They was telling stories, of, you know, about my dad and stuff like that. And I was just like, um, you know, it, it, it hit home. But like I said, it really didn't hit home until me seeing them laying that cast. But I never been to a friend where I never, you know, mm-hmm. um, actually like seen someone laying dead in, in the casket. So when I seen it, I'm like, I my dad. So it kind of hit me. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So but seeing my mother, back to the, seeing my mother, it made me have, a tremendous amount of respect for single mothers. Okay. Um, for women in general, because I've seen my mother um, be abused. You know, I've seen uh, a guy just used to beat my mom like senseless. Mm. You know. Um, and how did that make you feel? Like, I had so much anger towards um, men of that caliber. Mm. And like, uh, I'm not gonna lie to this day, I still have issues. You know, with with that. Um, of course. With men who I see, uh, you know, hit women. I see my issue with that because I see my mom, um, you know, get beat. Like, mm-hmm. not just, like, grab and you throw them, like, like calm down. No, I just watch my mom get beat. Um, and how old are you when this happened? Oh, man, from 11, 10, 11, 9. Um, yeah. Yeah, and, you know, um, so, I mean, I got tremendous amount of respect for my mom because some of the stuff she had to endure. And she's so she enduring all that and she's also taking care, care of taking us. Care and of it, it never showed, you know, yeah. like you would think that it would like have a toll on her. Like you would think mm-hmm. it would show more than what it did. And uh now that I look back at it, I'm like, you know, I didn't really tell. Like she'll get beat up and get up and cook, you know, yeah. uh and get up and go to work. You know, her eye, eyes would be black and she'll put on shades and she'll leave the house and like nothing happened. How do you think she how do you think she did that? I mean Man, just the strength of a woman. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, the strength of, of a woman. Um, Makes you have a newfound respect. Yeah, I grew definitely. up a little bit. Yeah, realized. I grew up. Yeah, and that's the way I treat. I mean, I treat women. I treat women with respect. You know, mm-hmm. I'm not perfect, of course, um, but I definitely always try to. And that's something I learned from my mom. I try to treat women with respect. Yeah. Um, so I, and that's some of the reasons. That's the, one of the main reasons seeing that the strength of a woman. I, I'm amazed by some of the strength that. A woman actually have, you yeah. know, and to endure some of the stuff they have to endure, um, being single mothers and, you know, and taking all, I mean, because I don't know what that's like. I don't know what it's like to be a single mother and to raise five kids or to raise yeah, two kids. I, mean, yeah, I don't know what that's I like. I mean, to, you know, to, but just to like envision it just yeah, sounds crazy. Exactly, exactly. So, um, so yeah, so now let's kind of move yeah. forward a little bit. You know, that's, I mean, it sounds like you were going through, you know, um, normal times for you, but, mm-hmm. you know, as you moved to Bloomington, so. Um, you came here to Bloomington. Mm-hmm. Um, what was that like? You know, coming from, you know, Chicago, coming all the way down here, and it's not. I mean, I don't think it's as near, nearly as intense in Bloomington. It could be, I guess, in some some instances, but I don't think it'd be nearly as intense as Chicago is. Yeah. So, what was that like uh, coming like down? Like I said, here? it was it was a culture shock. Um, and why did you come down here? Why we came you... down for various reasons. Well, my mom wanted to, a change of environment. Um, she didn't want her she didn't want her kids to excuse me. Um, be dead at a young age like we've seen so many of our friends and stuff die or get incarcerated so my yeah. mom said you know I'm trying to save my kids from this and we're going to move to um, you know a different environment 
And uh, so when she's always mentioning we're going to Bloomington, I'm like, what, what is that? I've never even heard of that. Mm -hmm. Like, I never went home. I'm thinking it was like happening to yeah. us. You know, when I went to visit, we go, I seen grass and, you know, people, you know, going to gas stations, leaving their car running, and I seen mm -hmm. houses, seen homes. You know what I'm saying? No, it was a total different atmosphere that I was used to. Um, and one of the main reasons we moved because I also burned our house down. You burned your house down? Yeah, I burned actually two houses, two of our houses you down. You burned two houses burned down? Two so houses. how did, no, oh, so back up, so how did that happen? <laughs> so hold on here, let's, uh, let's, back here. let's go, let's go, let's go here. Um, so what, what uh, Well, the first time I was burning the house, I, they used to always call me Fire Marshal Bill when I was a kid. Okay. They called me Fire Marshal Bill because I was, I had this crazy obsession with fire. I'm going to Fire Marshal Bill. Yeah, I had this crazy obsession with fire for some reason, um, and how did you burn down two houses? Well, the first time I was under the bed, we had a bunk bed. I was underneath our bed, and I had a, I found the lighter. And so, you know, the thin sheet that be underneath a bunk bed, like that little thin sheet mm -hmm. layer. Um, you said light on fire? Yeah, I was under the bed, and I was laying back, and I was, I don't know if I was hiding from someone, I can't remember, but I know I was flicking the lighter. How, how old were you? I was like five, maybe. Oh, so you, I was like yeah, six, you didn't really know, two, know yeah, better. Yeah. Okay. Um, so I was just flicking the light and I just was holding the, the fuel down. And I look up and the top of the bed just burned a small hole. And for some reason, I don't know if I let go or didn't let go, but it just burned and I was like, okay, let me get up out of here. It started getting bigger. So I just rolled up from underneath the bed, went downstairs, started playing a video game like I didn't do nothing. And then next thing you know, we start, the fire alarm started going off. My brother tried to go upstairs, the whole upstairs, just the bed, wow. the whole bed came up in flames and the bedroom then just, spread throughout the house and uh we went outside we lost all our stuff um we went outside we watched the whole house just pretty much just burn so that was the first one that was the first one and then like i didn't tell my mom for a while until we was in a hotel and everybody was asking what happened and you know i guess the fire people told us it started from you know the house in the bed and all like, what happened the big on fire so i owned up to it um got crazy punishment what kind of punishment did you get oh um, man i was on uh, i'm pretty sure i got a whooping Wolf probably wasn't even a word. Um, yeah. But I was also on a punch where I couldn't go outside. I couldn't eat sweets. <laughs> I couldn't watch television. Man, you were on lockdown. I was, it, was, it was prison. Yeah. Like, it was prison. Um, I couldn't go outside. Like, we moved to a different environment, to a whole other um, neighborhood, a whole other apartment. And you weren't allowed to go outside. And I wasn't allowed to go outside. So, neighborhood kids used to see. How long all were you? My, uh, how long were you? Uh, years. Years? Wow. Yeah, I was on punishment for years. Like, I, can, I don't even remember birthdays growing up. Like, all my siblings had birthday cake and all that. Mm -hmm. I never remembered like Man, actual you, time you, where you, I you had did something wrong there. Yeah, I mean, like I probably deserved it, but um, so how did the second one happen? The second one happened. I was cooking. Um, I was cooking. I was I think I was trying to cook some French fries, mm -hmm. and uh, I went went paying attention. I let the grease get too, too hot, yeah. and uh, when I came in, there was a fire over the grease. It was a grease fire, yeah. and so I grabbed grabbed some water. I was probably maybe about. 12 yeah. at the time, something like that. Uh, I grabbed some water from the sink, big pot of water, and I threw it on top of the And I was so close. For, uh, yeah. yeah, I was so close. And uh, I threw it on top of it, and it just exploded. Yeah, it, started, it just, it went it smoke crazy. Smoke yeah, yeah. Yeah. By the grace of God, I wasn't, I didn't get burned. Um, and nothing like that. And then that. So that, not, and then that prompted a move down to. And then, uh, yeah. Were you allowed to go outside when you were when you got here to Bloomington? Um, not initially. No. Not initially. Okay. Yeah, not initially. I still was on punishment. I still was on sweet punishment. 
Um, but then I think after a while she started lighting up, and uh, you know I went back to you know being able to go outside. And yeah. See, so you guys finally got some freedom. Yeah, I got some freedom. See, people like I say, I remember when I used to my brother and sister used to be outside playing, and I used to be looking out the window, and all the new kids were like. Who's that guy? Like, who's that kid? He just look out the window. He'll never come outside. Is he retarded or something? <laughs> My brother's the curve make fun. I'm like, nah, he's not retarded. Um, um, because, like I said, they just thought that, you know, something was wrong because I never used to come outside. I used to always look out the window. Um, so that was, you know, a harsh joke. So now you finally got outside and you finally got let loose. Uh, so what happened after that? Um, you know, came back blue. It was different. It was a different atmosphere. Uh, it was, you know, more like, a, you know, it was. It was a totally different outfit. I was, I embraced it. I embraced mm -hmm. it. Um, you know, I went to school. I went to Oakdale. I went to Oakdale Elementary um, for a little bit, for a little bit, um, and then I went to high school. And um, I went to Normal West High School. Um, graduated from Normal West. And what was that like? It was, it was fun. I played football. What position um, did you play? I played wide right receiver. I played wide receiver, corner, and okay. I was a backup quarterback. You fast? I was all right. I'm all, all right. right. Okay. I'm all right. <laughs> nice. Um, nice. So, and you know, you so you sounds like you graduated high school, yeah. and you know, now we're now you're out on your own. So, what happens from there? Well, I graduated high school. Um, so that summer, when I was preparing to go to college, um, where were you going to go to college at? I was looking to go to Quincy University. Okay. I was looking to go to Quincy. So what happened? Um, I ended up getting locked up. Locked up. Yeah. For um, armed robbery. I had um, yeah, we had uh, I had a stream of um, armed robberies um, here in, in Bloomington. Um, and now, a, when you say that, what do you mean? So, what did you what what is it, what did you do? Um. Well, it was a friend of mine. Me and a friend of mine. We was um. You know, we almost kids, and we was you know being stupid and. Um, we decided to go around and rob, you know, people, establishments, and, and things like that. He came to me, and um, and I had not, like, I, I didn't quite, like, I, I didn't quite know what I was doing, um, because he came to me, my friend came to me about it, you know, um, he was like, um, I can't even remember how it all came about, but he came to me, um, I knew of it, but I never actually went into any of the, you know, you know, places, you know, the robbing bike, but I knew what was going on. Mm. Um, so as it was happening, I kind of was like, you know, I'm not the one doing it, so it's not that big of a deal like in that. my eyes, you know. Yeah. Um, so as he was going to rob these places, come out, uh, get in my car, drive away. Um, so it just happened time and time and time again. So how did you get caught? Uh, I was, went to pick him up one night. Uh, he called me and said, can, we come, can I come pick him up? I went to pick him up from my friend's house. And, uh, when I picked him up, the police got behind us. So they kind of, they knew, kind of knew, or they? Um, I think it was just a random routine stop, obviously. Um, or they, I mean, they could have, uh, they could have. Um, and then they pulled us over. I guess they found the, you know, the ski mask, the gun, everything that was inside um, of a book bag, of his book bag, and they pulled it out. They searched it. He told me it was his. Um, and then they searched my car. They found one. I think I had like three fifths of Hennessy under my uh, mm -hmm. seat. Um, and they were like, what are you doing with this, you're a minor. So they locked me up for ha being in possession of alcohol as a minor. And how old were you at this time? Uh, I was 18. Okay. So how did you get, you know, convicted of, you know, burglary so, there? You know, how does that tie Um, Pretty much they said that, you know, pretty much I was a getaway driver. Okay. Um, that's what they labeled me as a getaway driver to these. Um, and how long were you in for? Um, 
makes sense to us to 22 years in the penitentiary. 22 years? So I did 11 and a half years. Yeah, wow. Though. So at fresh for out of high school, for not even for not even really, I mean, you were a part of it, but you didn't actually go in, right? Um, and you got twenty two years for that. Yeah. And how did how was that? I mean, what was I that mean, it was like? different. Like I said, I grew up, you know, um, you know, around my mother and my brothers, and I love my family to death. Like my family is like pretty much like everything. We always have been. And how did they take that? Oh, it was hard. You know, I, was, I mean, just for my mom to watch her, you know, her, her youngest son. Were you in a lot of trouble in high school? No, not, not you know just the normal stuff, fights, um, fights, stuff like that. But it was the first so you time. Didn't really, actually, yeah, you didn't really have like a background. Nah, nah. It was the first time. You know, I had a, you know fights and stuff like that. But it was the first time I actually got into like trouble. You mm -hmm. know, trouble. Um, That's crazy. And, uh, so what were you? What, what were you thinking during? I mean, what was that? I like? didn't think it was real. Like when I, when I went to court, I was going. To court. I didn't even, like the whole time I was sitting in the county. I sat in the county for almost two years. And uh, two no, years. Yeah, the whole time I sat in the county, I was like, this is not real. Like. I know people deserve to be in prison. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not one of those people. Like, I don't deserve to be in prison. I don't deserve to be here. But I understood what I did was wrong. Um, I take full, you know, um, responsibility for my actions. And uh, it was, like, it was, it was crazy. It was, it was, it was childish. Um, but I was like, you know what? I didn't think that I deserved to. So you didn't think, yeah, you didn't think that. And did you know you were gonna get up no, to 22 years? No, I thought I was gonna get maybe probation, possibly. Um, Maybe a couple years, you know, but when I went to court, they said, we sentenced you guys to 22 years to the Department of Corrections. What was that like? I was numb again. Um, I was numb. So um, when did it finally hit? I mean, when it hit me the day before I was about to get shipped out. I had my, we had a thing called a, um, a IDOC visit where your family can come and visit you mm -hmm. before you actually leave. And what um, was that like? Seeing my mom, my brothers, and so many people come up to like say, "Oh, be careful," and all the things like it's okay. We're gonna see you later. Like I thought, I was like never come home, mm -hmm. you know. Um, and I thought it was like my life was over. Like I was smiling and all of that, you know. To them, trying to you know be tough, let them know like, oh, I'm okay, I'm fine. It's not that big of a deal. But inside, I was crushed. You know, yeah. I was. Um, As you should be. Yeah, I was devastated because I thought my life was over. I'm like, you know, I'm 18 years old. My life is pretty much done for a mistake. You know, what I'm saying. And, and you got out. Of, you got out early. Um, no, I, I, I did it. No, you did I, did, all 20, I, did, all I did 11. Years. I did 11 and a half years um, in the penitentiary. As a child, I went straight to an adult facility. I went to a max facility. And what so was that like? So I was I had life in prison. Um, I had a cellmate who had life. But how, did you, uh, how did you survive that? I mean, was... Oh, man, just... Um, I mean, I grew, like I said, I grew up with tough skin, so I grew up around you know tough individuals from mm -hmm. uh, my brother, so um, i never been scared of anything um yeah. so i mean i had to you know stand for myself i had to show that i wasn't scared and i wasn't like i went in and they didn't test you i had fights i had lots of fights um got lots of trouble when i was in there in the beginning um and i came to a point when i was in there maybe like my fourth year in because i was trying to like i had an image you know i had an image i was trying to pose like this tough image this tough uh persona and i was you know i don't want nobody to mess with i don't want nobody to think i'm no punk and i you know i walked around with this chip on my shoulder and anytime anybody said anything to me, we fight. Win, lose, whatever, we gonna fight because I don't ever want to come across as I'm weak. I'm 18, 19. I don't ever want to come across as I'm a weak individual um, because if you do, those people don't make it. Um, so what do you mean by those people don't make it? The, 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 the weak individuals who come in and people smell any weakness on you, they take advantage of you. Mm -hmm. They take advantage of you, whether that's financially, sexually, uh, mentally, 
um, whatever it is, they take advantage of mm -hmm. those type of people. And uh, you know, I, that's where were what, you? Uh, where were you based at? I said Max Security. Yeah, was that Max Security. Yeah. I was. Uh, I was in Menard. I was in Shawnee. Um, I started off in Shawnee, and this time Shawnee was like one of the worst, you know, prisons to be in at the time. Mm -hmm. um, um, yeah, and, and like I said, it was tough. So. So I fought a lot, but like I said, five, about almost three or four years in, you know, I said, I don't want to be like, I don't want to have this image no more. You know, I know I'm not no punk. I don't have to prove that no more. You know what I'm saying? Like, I know I'm not a punk. I know I'm not weak. I don't have to prove it. So I decided to take my mask off and be me um, and be myself and be the person. Like, even when I was home, I wasn't myself. I still had an image. I wanted to be cool. I wanted to impress so what changed that? Where, where, where does that come? I mean, so what was the day, or do you remember like a defining moment that said you don't want to be that? You just don't want to continue to put on this hard, you know, this hard face. You want to, you know, start, you know, being you again. The defining moment was when I had a brother who he was not my blood brother, but he was like a brother because my mother raised him as well. Mm -hmm. um, and since I can remember, he always been in my life. So I was, before I was born. I got on the phone, I got a call that he OD'd, he died, he OD'd off Heron. What was your brother's name? His name was Leon. Heron? Yeah. Leon? His name was Leon, he overdosed um, off Heron. Um, and what was that like for you? Because well, they told you me that. You got seen him for a lot, very yeah, long time. Yeah, so um, I talked to him maybe like a couple weeks before that. Um, so when I got on the phone, they told me that he died. I was like, well, that's my brother. You know, like, you know, he taught me a lot, you know, watching him grow up and how he was like, man. It hit me, and then I was like, you know, I went to my cell. I remember hanging up the phone. I remember going to my cell. I turned off all the lights. I closed the door. Um, I laid in my bed and um, I prayed. You know, and I never had really like a spiritual background like that. Yeah. Uh, and I prayed, and I was like, God, like, I don't want to be in here constantly lose people. Um, I just want something different. You know, um, my brother' life wasn't listen glamour in life and yeah. I start understanding the value of life how you can be here for a moment and then be gone and then what do you have to show for the life you live absolutely like what do you have to show for that? and my brother you know he has kids but outside of that you don't have anything to show for like and I told I don't want to be like that I don't want my life to I don't want to die in prison and people start talking about Nathan like you know when Nathan went to jail yeah. And that's it. Yeah, I don't want that to be like a divine defining moment in my life that people sure. remember me by and going to prison. So I pray and I said, I don't want my life to to be like that. I don't want to die and have nothing to show for it. Mm -hmm. And I pray, I said, God, I don't want to change. Like I want to change. I don't know if you're real, I don't know if you exist for real, but I just know I want to change. Mm -hmm. uh, and if you're real, show me it. Show me it by doing a change in me, not a change around me, don't change my environment, don't change, you know, uh, my family, I want you to change me. Um, so what I, happened after that? I got up, I turned my light on, um, I was watching TV, the very next day they moved me off the, the, the deck that I was on. They moved me to another deck, and on that deck, it was a group of men that was having Bible study. Um, and they welcomed me, they wow. invited so me to come. You got moved the next day the to? The very next day, I got moved to, it was a random move, I got moved to a deck, uh, another deck, another unit. And it was a group of men, about seven men having Bible study, and then one of them came to my cell, knocked on the door, like, man, young brother, you wanna, you know, come join us in Bible study? I was, uh, I don't know about it, you know, I was like, no, I'm cool. Um, so you turned it down? Yeah, I turned it down, I was like, no, cause I'm like, 
you don't even know me, dude. He's randomly coming to my door asking about Bible study. I'm like, nah. Probably for your defense, so. Yeah, and my defense went up again. Like, nah, nah, I'm cool. You don't even know me to be talking to me. I'm like, nah, I'm cool. And like, I'm just asking. So, and I thought about it. I'm like, I just prayed. You know, I, it hit me. Like, you know what? Maybe just try it out. This can be God maybe pulling you in that direction. So, I was like, no, I'm trying it out. So, I went to that Bible study. And I'll never forget. The subject was on Matthew 6, 33. Um, what was that? It was seek thee first the kingdom of God and all of his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. Um, and that was the time, that was the scripture um, that they were studying out of. That's and, crazy. Yeah, it, it, it was crazy. And that scripture is one of the favorite scriptures for me in the Bible to this day. Um, and that moment, it, that, that, that scripture touched my heart because it's seek thee first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness. And so to me, it was telling me to don't worry about nothing else. Mm -hmm. Don't worry about your brother. Don't yeah, worry yeah, about. Gonna be all right. Yeah, don't worry about your brother. Don't worry about you being in prison. Don't worry about your family. Seek God. Mm -hmm. Seek me first, and I'm gonna make sure all of this other stuff is taken care of. Absolutely. So that was my refuge. When I read that scripture, that made me want to dive in. That made me like, you know what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna give God me. Because I never had, I never gave no one me. I never gave my mother, my brother. I never gave no one me. So I told God, I said, you know what? I'm gonna give you me, and I'm gonna let you deal with mm -hmm. all this lunacy. I don't deserve to be here, you know. Um, I know my family's going through stuff, but I can't focus on none of that. I just got to focus on you. So I began to focus that's on That's awesome, mine. dude. Um, well, I mean, that's pretty crazy, yeah. man. I mean, that, that story in itself is just, mm -hmm. you know, it's just it's weird how a guy can, yeah. you know, maybe use somebody else's yeah. downfall to help somebody else out. Mm -hmm. Meaning, you know, it's not good to talk about how your brother OD'd, yeah, but that led you to, you know, Praying and getting mm -hmm. you um, where you're at, where you were in that Bible cell with that new cell. Yeah. Um, it's crazy how it works in those mysterious ways. Mm -hmm. um, so what happened after that? Um, after that, I put in for a transfer. Um, I was denied several times. This time, I put in for a transfer. They approved. They um, they denied. They approved me mm -hmm. to go to a minimum security. Uh, they approved me to go to a minimum security uh, facility. Nice. Um, and what was that like? Um, it was it was nice. It was different. It was like it was freedom. It was freedom. It was um, you able to walk around. It was close to freedom, not freedom, but it was you. It was better than what I was used to yeah. being in the max. Um, so I went there. You were able to walk around. You were able to work out. You was able to you know go to church and so many different things. Actually, able to do some things. Exactly. And a, a week later, they came and got me. It was like you don't you don't you're not qualified to be in a a minimum facility. Oh wow! We made, so, made a mistake. That was a good. That was a nice week, though. Yeah, well, it was, it was yeah, a decent it was week. Amazing. It was like you're not you're not qualified to be. It was a mistake. So they brought wards, everybody. They shot me up, put me on the van, and took me right back across the street. Were you in the same spot that you were before? Yeah, I was in the same. Went back to the same joint that I was in before. Yeah, tried tried to get out. Tried to go somewhere yeah, nice. And they uh, right said, nope, they're not gonna let you do that. So I stayed. I studied six months later. I put in for again. I went to another facility, um, and in this facility I went to. We had a college going on. We had a um, Bible college uh, where you get your degree. And uh, I was like, ah, I kind of, you know, want to further my education. I was already in school doing different things. So I want to further my education. So I signed up for this Bible college class. Didn't really know what to expect. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm like, I never, what is this like? And it was seminary. I didn't know what a seminary was at that time. Mm -hmm. I was like, you know what? But my like, it was way more than I expected. It was like actually, it was, awesome. it was school. So I ended, up, I ended up getting my degree in theology. So wow. I do have my degree in theology okay. now. Um, 
and I was in there for four years. And that group, I mean, that's. So I, I had no, I had no idea that there were minimal security prisons that had that. So yeah, that was the first that one. That was get. the first one in the state of Illinois that was actually given, and it was like it was ironic. It was a blessing because I, have, I happened to go to the only penitentiary in the state that was, that was allowing you to get your degree in theology. That's awesome. You know, so um, I got it, and uh, you know, I just I, I put all, I put all my attention, you know, on God. When I was for the remainder seven. Seven, eight years, I was. So you were, you were in for about three years, and then you went yeah, and got your yeah. degree. So yeah, that took you. Took another four years, yeah. like another like seven years, and yeah. then you were in for another what, like another. I went three. I went two for four, so I went in for another four after another that. Four. I was in for another four years after I got nice. my degree, um, and I was working for the chaplain. I became like the head chaplain assistant. So I was actually facilitating all religious services. And by this time, were you kind of, did you kind of know that you might be able to get out early at some point? or what was I was hoping I was out early. I was hoping I was going to get out early. I thought about my behavior, about me going to school. I haven't gotten me in trouble in years. Um, I got a degree now. I got so many other certificates and certifications. I thought, okay, maybe they'll give me six months good time. I'll go home six months early. Uh, I'll get work release. But they were shooting everything down, shooting everything down, shooting everything down. I was disappointed because I'm like, I'm doing everything right. Like, I'm, uh, you know, I'm a, like, not a perfect inmate, but like, I'm, you know, I'm yeah, doing what, you know, I'm doing what we're supposed to do. You yeah. know, I'm supposed to come in, go to school, you know, I'm doing everything that they want us to do. Uh, but I'm doing it for me, not necessarily them. I was doing it for me because that's what I wanted to do. Um, Absolutely. And then, uh, so they didn't end up letting me out. So, but I was content. Mm. I was content as you know as crazy as that may sound to be content you know behind the prison walls I was I was content I found contentment uh, in my situation I found contentment in my family I found content I was at peace because at the end of the day I, I had a newfound respect and the admiration for God that I wasn't concerned about what might happen yeah because I felt that if it would happen... Doing what you felt was right at that time. Now. Exactly. I was it like, was whatever it. happens, it's all a part of God's will. It's all a part of God's timing. Mm -hmm. So who am I to, to rush God's time? Who am I to dictate his timing or his plans? Absolutely. So I said, you know what? I'm going to sit back. I'm going to make the best out of this time. I'm going to focus on me. And then when the time comes that I am released, if I am released, mm -hmm. I'll be ready for it. That's awesome. Um, so my day came, um, September 9th. Um, I was released. What was that like? I, it was crazy. Well, so how much changed? I mean, it's 11 years is a long time. So how much had changed from, you know, back then? To, oh, so to much now? changed. So much changed. People, um, people, things, places, everything was different. Um, okay. My family, everything was different. Like, I came home to, a, like, a lot of my family to this day, and it's crazy to even admit this. Um, my family was real close when I went in. My family is so separated now yeah and that was one of the biggest like that was different that was one of the biggest changes i had to adapt to and not and i still have an issue with it but i mean people you know live their life grow up and start moving yeah, away yeah. but you know i just when i was away it's I, not what you remember yeah it wasn't when i left we was all you know so together you we was close. they'll be the same way yeah i thought we'd come home we still would have like that family gathering and like it wasn't like that mm -hmm. it wasn't like i had family members to this day that i haven't even spoke to since i've been home yeah. You know, I have, you know, close family members that I haven't even spoke to since I've been How does that make you feel? Um, it's crazy.
crazy as it may sound, it really don't bother me like I think it should because when I was away, I didn't speak to so many family members. You know, when I was in there, I didn't speak to that a long time. Yeah, I didn't speak to my mom. I didn't speak to my sisters like that. I didn't speak to my cousins like that. I didn't speak to so many people. So I got used to just being alone. So coming home, it was easy because I've done all this time alone. So it kind of made it easy for me used to be still. Yeah, I was used to it. So it didn't bother so me. So you came back to Bloomington? Yeah, I came back to Bloomington. Okay. Um, and this yeah. was a little over how long ago? How this long was it? Was two and a half years ago. Two and a half years ago. Yeah. Okay. Um, my first week um, out. So I got. I met you pretty close. Right. As soon as I came home. As soon as you came. Yeah, home. That's why I got. Okay. My first my week out. I, I was out a week. See, I, I didn't, didn't know that. That's pretty cool. So yeah. I didn't. I didn't. I mean, I knew that you had been been in, but I didn't know how long it had been. Yeah. yeah. Um, I do know that you were looking for a job at the time, and, yeah. and you know, I, we were trying I actually, to help you out a little bit. Yeah. Um. So what was that like? I mean, I, I came to the gym. I came to this gym actually. Um. A week after I came home, and I was working out with a buddy of mine, mm -hmm. uh, and I talked to some guy, a friend got his name at the front desk, and I was like, you know, I seen a woman, she's still here. Uh, I was like, you know what, I see you're training, she was like, I'm training, I was like, I want to be training. She was like, well, yeah, I mean, you can, you know, you just got to go through, you know, certain mm -hmm. channels and things like that, and I was like, I'm interested in that. So I went to the front desk, and I asked the guy that was with the front desk, I said, I'm interested in being training. Now, me, I'm, I just got to jail, they're not about mm -hmm. to, you know. Give me a shot at this. I was like, you know, the guy was like, well, here's this guy, Mike Trotter, his number. He's, you know, the ball, PT boss. Uh, get a kind of with him. Okay. I'm like, all right. So I got the number, called him, no answer. Called, no answer. Called, left a voicemail. You probably get tired of that one. Yeah. Um, I finally got a hold of him. He's like, all right, come in for an interview. Um, you know, he's real. You know, Mike got this real demeanor, this tough demeanor, you know, but. Mm -hmm. He don't seem as nice of a guy that you know that he is. Yeah, but I didn't first. get that. Yeah, I didn't get yeah, that at first. Yeah, you know. And That's so, all time, time of day you meet him. Yeah, you know. <laughs> so I was like, and he was like, coming out for an interview. So I went to the wrong place. I think I went to one of my other gyms. Oh man. Um, and then I ended up coming. Was my interview here? No, my interview was at the one at okay. Express. So I went to the Express, and uh, he made me, you know, um, he, I met him, shoulders up high. Um, then we smiled and so He's much. a big guy at this point. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. Real, yeah, he's yeah, real yeah, small yeah. now. So he's <laughs> lost a little weight. So, um. Um, he was like, come on to the office. Didn't really smile. Mm -hmm. I shook, shook my hand, looked in my eyes, looked him in his eyes. When I come to the office, we, him and uh, Dave, um, I interviewed with them. Um, I told him about my past. Um, we gave you an opportunity. Yeah, yeah. And he gave me an opportunity. It was the first person, the first job I, I, I had when I came home. He gave me my first opportunity. He took a chance. That's why I would never forget. You took it and you ran with it. Yeah, I took it and I ran with it. I never forget Dave. I never forget Mike. Like because of those two, like I got the work ethic that I got, um, and you know, I it showed me how people don't always judge you by what you've been through. And those two dudes that didn't judge me, and it was it's easy, and I understand that. It's understandably easy to say, you know what, I'm just did eleven and a half years, then a week out, I'm not willing to take that chance. I'll let you be out here a little bit longer and see what you do and then maybe a year or two down the line you come back to me and we'll see but a week out it was like you know what we're gonna give you a shot i went through um the personal training course i met you and uh like what do you think about, about me the first I, thought, I mean so I was, I've, I've calmed down quite a bit in a couple of years i mean so. yeah but and I was, I was a little i was a little taken back by your personality I was like, I don't know how to take this dude. I didn't know how to like joke with you. I didn't know because you had such a you had such a like a stern demeanor, and I'm like, yeah, I can pray for, I can be. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I was like, I don't know how to like take this guy. Mm. Um, but you was always, I understood because training meant so much to you. Mm. So I understood why you were so 
headstrong about what we was doing, what she was teaching us, because right. that was a passion of yours. And right. that's something you don't play with. You don't play with people's passion. Right. And I didn't understand that at the time. I'm like, why is this guy so... But I understood later, like, he's passionate about this. That's why he's the way he was. And I remember mm -hmm. I had an ankle bracelet. I was on house arrest at the time. Mm -hmm. And I remember you went down and showed me a stance. You went down and you kind of touched the bracelet. You, it kind of took, <laughs> took you back, but you didn't say nothing because yeah. we was in a group of people. Um, and you kind of touched and you were like, and you kept on going and you just act like it never happened. And I think right. me and you at that time was the only two people that mm -hmm. knew, I think at Mike, of course, that I had an ankle bracelet. Yeah, that's so, what I figured out. Yeah. I didn't say nothing. Yeah, yeah then you just kept on moving. You felt it and you was like, we kept on going and we, and I ended up telling him, like, yeah, you know, yeah. just release. And then you was like, oh, that's fine. You know, and, and you like, it was, you didn't judge me. You didn't judge me at all. When I told you, I always look for people to respond. I always look for body language. I look to try to read people because under the circumstances I was in, you have to be able to read people. Like right. When a person comes here and say you don't know them from a can of paint, you don't know they're murderers, rapists, right. you don't know them. So you have to be able to quickly assess this individual. So I'm, that's what I, when I meet people, I assess, I read body language. And when I told you that, I was just looking at you, trying to you know read you a little bit, mm -hmm. and you didn't flinch. And my respect for you grew you appreciate know, that, even, even more yeah. because I'm like, you know, he didn't judge me about you was like, oh, it's okay. You know, yeah, people I mean, make mistakes. And I know the, that was what you said. Like, okay, people make mistakes. Yeah. yeah. You, paid, you did what you had to do. I mean, why, why condemn somebody? You, I mean, mm -hmm. you literally had to pay 11 years. I mean, why Why would so? Why, why, I just want to have one thing that I personally never understood is why people continue to push people down, well, I mean, you're out. I mean, yeah. you've done what you need to. If you didn't want to do what you had to do, you'd, mm -hmm. you'd still be in. So, Absolutely, yeah. Um, Absolutely. I don't know. I mean, that's a little bit, of, I guess, in my, in my eye, it's nice. So, yeah, no, that's true. Um, so now you, you got the, I mean, I'm, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to spoil everybody. Yeah, you got yeah. the job. <laughs> um, you've been training ever since. Yeah, I've been training ever um, since. And since I met you then, you had two children. What are yeah. Um, my daughter, her name is Nala Marie Cole, and my son is Nehemiah Morris. I just had my daughter um, by my fiance, which is Diana. Um, who was a How did you meet her? Um, I met her at Walmart. Um, um, like I said, I was in another relationship prior to meeting her, in which I had my my son. Hmm. Um, so when I had my son, I was like, you know, I kind of all over all, all over right. the place. I was, um, you know, fresh home, kind of, you know, still trying to, you know, get the ins and outs and stuff. Trying to, you know, make I made a lot of mistakes since I've been home, you know. Um, hmm. So I was with a previous relationship that really wasn't for me. I thought it was, so I was fighting for the wrong reasons. Um, you know, and I'm pretty, I'm glad I got out of it before I stayed too long. You know, yeah, I finally, I'm the person you have here. Yeah, I was like, you know, this is really not for me. It's not, because I imagine, like, the woman that I prayed to God for was different than the person I was with. You know, when mm -hmm. I was away, I prayed for a certain type of woman. I prayed for an educated woman, a woman that was mm -hmm. nothing like me. You know, I prayed for a woman who, you know, has a different mentality than I had growing up. And I want you to hold that thought. Yeah. Um, we're going to talk about that here in a couple minutes. I got to run over this meeting here. Right. Um, and we're going to get right back to that because I want to hear more about that. Okay. Um, yeah, so just so you guys know that uh, are listening in, I'm doing, I've got a meeting. I'm just in the middle of my day right now. Um, I got to pop over to this meeting across the way. Um, we're going to read. Well, shit, uh, we're back. I feel like that, that was like a little. Uh, like a little commercial break almost. We, uh, we just had a, every Thursday here at the gym, um, we have a meeting at 12 o'clock. Um, and we, we decided to do this right before that meeting and uh, it just took too long. We uh, ended up taking too much time and I'm not in the business of rushing this conversation. This conversation will take as long as it takes. Um, so here's take 
number two. Um, I feel like I gotta put like a little commercial, like this is brought to you by. Uh, but no, so just kind of sum up everything and, and really get back into the swing of things. Um, you just talked about, you know, I remember you know talked about how you know you grew up in Chicago and you came down here and um, you know told some of the struggles that your mom uh, went through in raising five children. Um, and after that, you you graduated high school and from there you ended up getting you went to prison for a little over eleven years. And we just got to the point where you were. Talking about you know coming over here and training a little bit with uh, with myself and Mike, um, you know we decided we definitely got into the point that he used to be a little bigger than he is now. So uh, I know he's gonna listen to all of this. Uh, from there, you know you you know you got hired, and we were just talking about your your family and your ex and you know your current fiance. Um, so let's kind of get back into the swinging things here a little bit. Um, you've had two children, and one of them is a month and a half years old. So this yeah. is a pretty good time in your life right yeah. now. Yeah, absolutely. Um, absolutely. So uh, let's kind of rewind. Where are we at? So I think where I left off at was um, the previous relationship that I was in wasn't necessarily for me. Um, not to say that she was, a, a, um, you know, a bad woman or anything like that, because I think she was an amazing woman, but it just wasn't for me. Mm-hmm. It wasn't the woman that I prayed for. You know, yeah. um, I trust God to, you know, lead me and guide me. And, and how long ago was this? Uh, this was uh, over a year and a half ago, okay. uh, almost. Um, yeah. Um, so it just wasn't for me, you know. Uh, the woman I prayed for, I knew what what, I, what God has for me is for me, and, and can't nobody stop that, get in the way of that, block that. Absolutely. What's for me is for me, period. Um, and I knew that wasn't for me. As much as I tried to stay, and we wanted to stay, she wanted to stay. Um, I just knew it wasn't for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we, I got in this situation. I made a lot of mistakes. Um, um, I ended up having a son. Um, a son. Right after you had a son. Um, how, old is your, how old is your son? My son is eight months. And what is his name? His name is Nehemiah. Okay, so you've had so, two children in the past nine months? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, so how does that happen? Help, help me. Um, like I said, where are we at right now? It, yeah, it, it, was, it, it happened just for me just making mistakes. Me, um, and I'm not, like I said, I'm not using that as an excuse that, you know, I just came home. But I mean, I just lost a little focus you know it's easy to lose focus when you get out here you have a plan you have a goal you try to stay to it but it's easy to like lose focus to venture off a little bit and i believe i just ventured off a a bit um so i end up having my son um, which i'm grateful for like my son's amazing you know um i'm extremely grateful for um and it was like it was a process it was you know it was a process it was you know um that was a whole nother story because like i said it was a that's what a female that I really, really didn't know like that. Um, and, you know, we had a child, so I mm. didn't quite know if, you know, this child was mine or not. Yeah. Um, and that was, like, frustrating in itself, everything I had to go through. So, so there was some sort of story behind it? What, yeah, what because was like I said, it was a, you know, it was a woman that I didn't know, and, you know, foolishly, you know, immaturely, you know, um, you know I laid down with this woman, and uh, she told me she was pregnant, you know, um, couple weeks later or whatever um and i'm like it's you know it's not so did you go through the proper channels to find out if it was actually yours or not yeah well um yeah i went through i ended up getting a dna test after you know my son was born uh, i ended up getting a dna test um then it came back that it was mine so um and what was that like uh it was um 
it was me. I had mixed feelings about it. You know, I had mixed feelings about it because I'm like, I don't, for one, I don't know this lady. And yeah. were you with your current fiance at this no. time? No, when it happened, no, I was. I was at that time, when it happened, at that time, I was single. Um, I just got that other relationship that I was in, so I was just kind of single at that point. Um, so yeah, I didn't know. Yeah, I didn't have met my my lady that I'm with now. You know, okay. prior to this, so I had mixed feelings about it. Right? My son had mixed feelings about it, but like, I was, I'm happy. I was happy, you know, and like I'm happy now. You know, what I'm yeah. saying? like everything happened for a reason. Like God don't make mistakes, and um, definitely my son definitely wasn't a mistake. Wasn't a mistake. I said, I'm happy he's a healthy baby. He's mm. super smart. He's moving around. He, you know, he's a talented crazy. kid. Yeah, and like I'm, I'm happy. So, uh, in the midst of all of this, I went to Walmart, and I was at Walmart shopping with my buddy. I don't even, I wasn't even supposed to be there, but I ended up meeting um, my fiance I'm with now. Mm. I met her at Walmart. She kind of didn't look at me. She was in my wizard one of the aisles. I seen her. I'm like, she's beautiful. Mm. I'm like, she's not gonna say anything to me. So my buddy tried to talk to her. She really wasn't like trying to talk to neither one of them. No, she no. just wanted to get in, get out, yeah. you know? So I think I sparked up a conversation with that. She told me that she was in nursing school, just trying to be nervous and this and this and this wow. and that. And um, she like, I don't got time, you know, for guys. I'm just focused on my career, focused on my education. And I'm like, I was ready for so, you know? And I was like, well, just let me kind of at least take you out to eat. I was like, we can just, let me just feed you and go about your way, mm -hmm. on my way. She was like, I don't have time for that. I don't want you to just let, take my number. Let me get your number. And uh, she um, kind of hesitantly gave me her number. So I called mm -hmm. her. She didn't answer. I called her again. She didn't answer. I'm like, oh, okay. I kind of figured out. Yeah, 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 I figured out that's how it was going to go. So she ended up calling me back. And uh, we ended up going on. They went to, we actually came to the gym. We came here. Oh, so you the first day we was came, at the gym. Yeah, we okay. came here because she's super competitive. And we talked about playing basketball. And she was like, you know, she played basketball in high school. And, mm -hmm. Uh, all the other stuff. She had a scholarship to play basketball in college. And, um, I was like, well, I, you know, I'll play a game one on one or whatever. So mm -hmm. we played. She actually beat me the first game. She beat you on the first she game. She beat me the first game. I'm surprised you're actually admitting that. Okay. Yeah, yeah it's tough. Uh -oh. But she she beat me the first game, and I kind of, you know, I kind of was. She beat me. I'm not making no excuse. She beat me. Mm -hmm. And that second game, I was like, you know, I can't. No. Yeah, I don't care who you are. I'm not letting you win. So you're taking it easy on the yeah. first game. I wasn't taking it easy, but I didn't expect that she can play the way that she did. Like, I was letting her shoot, and she was hitting. Okay. So I was like, you know what, the next game, I'm, playing, make it I'm all in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it was playing, make it take it. So the, next game, game, yeah. the next game, all in. Defense wasn't letting her shoot, wasn't no. doing <laughs> Blocking shots. Over. Yeah. Screen it's while you're it's doing over, it. yeah. yeah. Okay. If you don't like me out of this, hey, so be it. But you can't win. <laughs> <laughs> you can't win. So I don't care what's going on. You can't win. So I ended up winning that game. We had a long talk. We went to the weight room down here and we worked out a little bit. We had a long conversation. Um, we talked about everything with me on my past. Mm. We talked about everything. I was upfront with about everything about me. How did she take that? Um, she was surprisingly with the woman that she is, the type of you know person that this lady is. Uh, I thought she'd be like a little bit judgmental. Or mm. I, I don't want to get wrapped up into that, but she didn't judge me at all. She was like everybody got a past. She told me a little bit about her story, her past, and we clicked. And um, I just, uh, I, mean, I knew at that moment, like, this is the woman that God, you know, has, has, like, this was this is for me. Like, this is for me. And as we start to build more, she showed me, constantly showed me to this day, she showed me that I'm for it. She never mm -hmm. did. I always had my back to my ups and my downs. Like, and how long was, ago was this? Uh, this was almost uh, a year and a half ago. And a half ago? Yeah. Okay. Like, I was in between, you know, jobs. I was trying to work here, you know, trying to make ends meet. And 
that's trying to make it. Yeah, they're trying to make it. You know, trying to figure out this thing called life. You know, after you know, life out of prison. You know, mm-hmm. um, um, trying to figure this thing out, and it was tough. Um, you know, trying just to adapt mentally, spiritually, financially. What's you know, different? What, what do you mean? Like, what do you mean? Say mentally adapt? What does that mean? I like? mean, because I'm mentally, I was still kind of locked up. After you doing that much time, there's no way you can come home and be in your right mind. Mm-hmm. You know, there's no way you come home and just think everything is okay. Now, people see me, they have a conversation with me, and they say, you know, there's no way that you was locked up that, that long. I don't get that from you. Mm-hmm. So many people tell me, I don't get that. Like, normally I get, I can see, you, you know, see the after effects of, of prison, and I don't see that on you, but I hold it in so so yeah. well. Um, but it had an effect. It had an effect on me. The way I moved, uh, certain things, certain smells, um, certain conversations. Like, what do you, you mean know, by that? Certain smells? Yeah, certain smells. You smell some certain things out here that reminds me of being in there. And when it happens, like, for example, um, I love the last smell. Actually, I was at work last night, and I went. I work at. Um, I also work at another facility. I work at. Um, I'm a supervisor of a, um, a baby yogurt facility. Okay. Um, um, so I was at this facility, and I think I went through one of my boiling uh, rooms, and uh, it was like a distinct smell. It almost smelled like a cell. Mm-hmm. I went there because I wasn't going there to check the pumps. I was making my little daily rounds. So I was going there to check the pump or something. And uh, that's, it smelled like a cell. And it kind of like. Free, free, free. Yeah, it numbed me up a little bit. It kind of like. Put it made me, yeah, made me just kind of, yeah. And, they, and But like those things, it just like, it triggered you. Like little things like that just triggered you. Mm-hmm. Um, stuff like that just, certain things trigger you. So. Um, and you said you had conversation, like when the conversations kind of trigger you? I mean, yeah, certain conversations when. You know, when you talk to certain people and certain people discuss certain things or, or the manner in which some people speak kind of mm-hmm. reminds me of individuals that's locked up. Because you can be out out living in a free world and be mentally locked up. Mm-hmm. Just because you're out here, you're leaving, you're living, you're working, you're moving, that doesn't mean you're not locked up. Mm-hmm. Um, and I talk to individuals who's locked up yeah. out here mentally. Uh, excuse me. And uh, so when I hear those kind of conversations, just kind of puts me back like, we're not here no more. Like, I'm, mm-hmm. You know, and it, it's sad, and so I try to, you know, pull myself happens, back. It probably happens less and less as more time goes on, or what? I mean, um, it changes. It, it kind of depends. It depends on who I come in contact with. That's how people. Mm-hmm. That's why I'm careful about the people I come in contact with because yeah. if we're not going the same direction or trying to go in the same direction, there's no need for us to, um, you know, have that, you know, uh, type of communication. Now you can be. Mental, you can be mentally locked up or having issues, and I can help you. I can try to help you as best as I could because that's what I'm here to do. Like my job is to help, to save mm-hmm. um, as many people as I can from never going through some of the stuff I went through. So if you're in the business of wanting to change and want to get on the right path, I want to help you. Mm-hmm. Like hands down, I want to help you. I want to help you. Um, there's nothing I want to do to help those people. But if you're just content with being mentally locked up, I can't. That's nothing I can do. Mm-hmm. That's nothing I can do for you. I'm not gonna try to do it because you're just gonna bring me down trying to, Definitely. you know, save you. Um, so you don't just so picking the right people. And yeah, trying to pick the right, the right people. people. Exactly. And then it started with like um, Diana, the, the woman I was with, my fiance. Um, she helped me like try to like get all my emotions intact. Like she's yeah. seen it. Like she's seen because she was around me. She knows me more than almost anybody that you know that's out here. And she's seen she's seen that fight. How I was fighting. She seen how hard I was fighting for success. She seen how hard I was fighting for for everything. I was fighting so hard that she just told me like, relax. Like, mm-hmm. that's not that big of a deal. Like, relax. I take a deep breath. Um, you got this. Oh, you take a step back from time. Yeah, you an intelligent man. You a, a, a godparent man. 
and God got you. You try to fight for all the wrong reasons. Relax and allow things to go according to his plan. And that was a reminder for me. And when I took a step back, everything started to follow the plan. Like I have one of the, uh, I'm a trainer here and it's an amazing job, it's my dream job. Um, something I always wanted to do was help people. Um, and I'm, like I said, I'm also a supervisor, but I'm in the, like the best position that I've ever been in in my life financially. spiritually I can get myself back to where I once was I know I need to get back to that point um, but like I'm, I'm happy for the mm -hmm. first time in my life where I'm not I feel like I'm not like struggling you know yeah. like I feel like I'm not fighting no more you know Absolutely. Um, I'm at peace and I, I give her a lot of credit for that because she helped me get to this point yeah. um, that I am now she's like, like my true helper she's a true helper um, a true friend a true supporter and you also have a child together and now. we also have an amazing child the little daughter? Yeah, little daughter. What's her name? Her name is Nala. Nala? Nala. Nala. Nala Marie Cole, man. So was that, I mean, what, so what was that like when you found oh, out man. she was, I mean, how does that, so what's the story behind that? Like, so I was, I think we got, we, we had a, me and I had an argument, um, I can't remember about what, I ended up, um, I said, all right, I'm gonna, we're gonna go our separate ways, you know, for a little bit, take a step back from this, try mm -hmm. to evaluate things or whatever. So we kind of, you know, venture off a little bit. She gave me a call back about an hour later. Like, can you come over real quick? And I was like, nah, I'll be there. So I went over there, and she was like, I uh, made you a dessert. I'm like, made you a dessert? Who okay. made desserts uh, after what kind, of, what, what kind of dessert was it? Yeah, so that's why I'm like, but she know I love dessert. She know I love, like, snacks. Like, okay. I'm, I'm, that's so you couldn't refuse? Yeah, so I'm like, dessert? She like, it's enough. Sure. I'm like, okay, okay. This, <laughs> is a, this is a way to ease over. <laughs> this is a way to butter me up. Yeah, so, okay. uh so I opened up the um, the oven. I'm like, is there an oven? So I opened up. It was like a little plate, and it had a bowl on top. And I'm like, okay, whatever it is. Like, grab it. It was light. I'm like, this is light. So I flipped the top, and it was like the pregnancy test under there. And I was like, you pregnant? She was like, yeah. So I was like, she broke. So she broke. So she she already yeah. deserved. And yeah. Then she broke that thing <laughs> with. In the, in the <laughs> it was just on the plate. It was like that. Okay. It was, just on the plate. was the oven even on? No, nah, the oven wasn't on. So you're probably looking at like, yeah, I'm like, what is okay. you got going? So I opened it. It was a pregnancy test, and uh, she was like a prayer. I was like, and I mean, I was happy because I knew for a fact like this was the woman I wanted to be with. This is the woman I wanted mm -hmm. to start a family with. Like this is like I put my all into this. Like mm -hmm. we not, we're not breaking up. We are gonna work this thing out. But we gotta go to counseling. Whatever we gotta do, we sticking mm -hmm. this thing out. As messed up as I can be um, at times, as you can be, whatever the case may be, we. Yeah, we're gonna figure this thing out. Like I got a, you know, I got my daughter here. Um, she's amazing. Like my fiance, she's a, uh, she's a nurse. She's a, uh, she's a nurse that works in the ER. Um, and like she, she gets to see some crazy things. Yeah, right? she gets to see crazy things. She gets to see crazy things. And like I said, she's an amazing woman. Um, she's been through so much in her life. She fought uh, for her education. She fought for her career. She fought for everything that she has. That's awesome. Like she fought. She fighter like me. And uh, so I told her we're gonna fight for this. We're gonna fight for us, we're gonna fight for our family no matter what. And, we, and how are things going now? Oh, we good. We good. Like, it's the best, like, it's one of the best, this is the best, the best relationship that I have ever been in. in like, period. It's awesome. It comes come easy. It comes naturally, like, to love each other, to, like, it comes easy. Like, yeah. period. Hands down, it comes easy. Like, we have our ups and our downs, and like, like every relationship has, but it comes easy for us to, to get along, for us to love each other. Even when we have our disagreements. We don't let those yeah. linger on too long. Comes yeah. to a to a common place. We agree to disagree. Uh, we agree that I was wrong. We agree that she was wrong. Whatever case, and that's how I'm saying she's never wrong. Mm -hmm. You know, 
even if she is wrong, I'm never going to miss you. Yeah. You know, like, you're right, I'm wrong. But everything, like, that's, yeah, I just know, I'm, yeah, I'm wrong. Yeah. Like, no matter what, I don't yeah. even argue anymore. Whenever something, you did this, I did it. Can I be forgiven? Yeah. And let's try, let's try, okay. let's try to move past this. I don't want to argue. You ate, all, you ate all the cookies. Yeah, I did. Okay. Whatever the case may be. Even if she ate the whole pack mm -hmm. and there's one left for me, I ate you know, like that's just that's just how it is, and it, it works. She left it there for you. You're right, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and it, so it works. And like right now, like I'm truly, I'm, I'm happy. Yeah, I have everything I've been through. I'm happy for you. Uh, I'm happy. I appreciate it. And I remember you told me that. I remember me and you we went out one day, and uh, I remember you told me when you pulled me to the side, you was like, "Nathan, I'm proud of you. You're like proud of everything that you've accomplished thus far. I'm proud of how you come from such a struggle." And you're able to overcome that. You're able to, you know, hurt that. And I mean, you told me that. I, I appreciate everybody to tell me that. I still feel like I'm not doing enough, though. You know, when people tell me how much they're proud of me, I feel like I still got so much like work to do. Like I got a degree that I need to put to use that I'm yeah. gonna put to use when, when God see fit. Um, but I'm not done. I got so much keep work. Trying, keep chugging out. Yeah, bit. I got so much work. Still young man. I mean, yeah, yeah, like, absolutely. Yeah, 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 yeah. Ain't that old? No, yeah. Uh, ain't like Big Mike. Big Mike. Yeah. <laughs> he's, 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 so big. So we had Mike Trotter, and then we had Mike, Big Mike a couple weeks ago, and he, yeah. man, he's he's uh, he's getting up there. So yeah, yeah. Uh, you still got some age. You got some, still got some time. Yeah. Um, so that's pretty great. That's I mean that's awesome. So. Where are you at now? I mean, you said you where, where did you work at right now? Where do you I work, work at? at you work uh, at Gold Gym. You yes, have two clients. Work, yeah. And what else do you do? I work at a facility that we make processed baby yogurt, like okay. little uh, dollops that you put in your mouth and they dissolve like in five seconds. Okay. Um, yeah, I work there. It's an amazing job. I didn't even know that was in town. No, it's, 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 it's out of town. Was it? Was it's actually it? in Gridley. Okay. It's actually in Gridley, Illinois. Um, so where are you trying to go now? So you know you got you did these two different careers. What do you? What's your? What's your end game? What are you well, trying to accomplish? Where, where are you looking to go? Well, I'm, uh, people that know me know I want to start my nonprofit organization, which is LAP. LAP stands for Life Out of Prison. Okay. Um, and I just want to show individuals that there is life out of prison. That everybody is not a statistic. That um, we don't get out and go right back. Um, some people do, but so life, life at LAP, life, life after prison, life after prison. Yes, yeah, okay. my foundation that I'm trying to you know get off the ground. And so, what do you? I mean, I'm not, I'm really not too familiar with how to start things like that. So, yeah. um, how long have you been starting to start that for, and what is that like? Um, I've, I've been uh, working on this um, for quite some time now, and uh, I'm not going to discuss it too much because I'm still in the process of trying some to get process. everything. Okay. Um, so non-profit organization. Yeah. You said what is the goal behind it? Um, the goal is to help individuals who were in prison, um, help them get acclimated to being okay. out here, help them get acclimated with their family, help them get acclimated with living in society, or even individuals who is out here and has been out, hasn't been in prison for a while, help those individuals. Um, stay uh, from stay going out. inside of it. You probably get out and you don't know you know what to do. You it's you know probably more comfortable in because it's you, exactly, it. and that's and that's the thing. Well, when you when you get out of prison, there's two things that can happen. Um, like well, some block things that can happen, but you get out, you don't know what to do. You mm -hmm. can't get a job, um, so you go to back to selling drugs that you know or whatever to rob and whatever the case may do what be. You know. And then you get right back locked up because you can't get a job, you can't get work, whatever the case may be, and you don't want to. You don't know how to go about yeah. dressing for an interview. You don't know how to go about articulating yourself for an interview. I don't think that takes. I don't you know think that you know takes that. Uh, yeah, you know. Like <laughs> so you know, you know, it's a lot of things you don't know. So you say, you know, I'm better off in there because I don't have to talk to nobody. I don't have to impress no one for an interview. I don't have to compete for a job. I didn't have to do so many things in there. I just had to wake up and eat and try to 
you know, survive. Yeah, trying to survive, you know, so I'm gonna, you know, go back in there. Or people get intimidated by its levels now out here, you know, and that's that's intimidating. Um, when you in there, everybody's on the same level. We all got on blue shirts, we all living on a box, we all eating out the same food, you know, we all on the same level. Even if you was a millionaire out yeah. on the streets, but once you come to prison, we all on the same level. So once you get out of here, this level, <laughs> you see that I'm not like, you see people who got house, family, yeah. nice cars, working, you know, business, and you down here, and you see people that's up here, and that's intimidating. Because you got friends that with family, and you try to hang with them, and they're up here, and you're down here, and that's intimidating. So yeah. you're like, you know what? That can lead you back, you know, to the west side. Um, so trying to reach those people, trying to trying to reach those people, let them know that it's not it's not a race. Mm. You know, it's not a race. Um, it's not a competition. This why is that important to you? I mean, why is it important for you to uh, to build that infrastructure for other people to get out and be successful? And what is it about? Uh, where I guess where does that come from, and why do you want to do that? Because it's, it's something I went through. It's something that I had to fight, and I did myself. As crazy as it sounds, like when I came home, I was looking for like help. And like I said, you, Mike Trotter, Dave, you know, yeah, you got Dave opportunity, yeah, but yeah, I didn't have a lot of direction. I didn't have really a, a, a man in my corner, really, or anyone in my corner that you know, was trying to like help me get a job or help me stay on the straight and narrow. I didn't like I didn't have nothing, so I was just winging it, mm. you know, trying to figure it out. Yeah. And by the grace of God, um, I'm here and I figured it out, you know. Right. Um, well, you feel like that if you would have had some sort of direction. I would have some sort of direction. It would have, yeah, it would have been a little bit more easier to adapt. It would have, I would have been, it would have been, you know, a little bit, it would have been helpful. Yeah. Uh, I'm not saying easy, but it would have been helpful just to have those tools available. Of course. Um, it's, it's before it gets out of hand, you know, because a lot of times as, as young men, we don't have the tools that we need to be successful. And, you know, we forced to figure it out on our own. And sometimes we're trying to figure it out on our own. It's not always the right way, mm-hmm. and then we lead up dead or back in prison. Yeah. Um, so I want to help people from you know going back to prison or dying or killing themselves because it's life. Like this is his life out here. Like we have one life living. Let's make a legacy. Let's do Absolutely. something while we have it. Let's impact lives. Not even about you. Like if I say I'm my brother's keeper, which I am my brother's keeper. I'm not talking about right. my brothers, my family. I'm talking about my neighborhood, my community. Mm-hmm. Like I am my brother's keeper. So I'm not. If I'm only building me up. Mm-hmm. And worrying about my family and not worrying about your family and your environment, you're keeping your house safe and your household, then that's I'm not fixing nothing. Because anybody can just focus on their family. Anybody can do that. Absolutely. But it takes a different type of person to focus on your family and the next person's family. You know, and, and, and that's what I thought I'm of doing. this. That's, that's yeah. awesome, man. Yeah. That's crazy uh, that you, I mean, gone from there to out here now, now that you're figuring it out to mm-hmm. wanting to not just figure it out for yourself, but to try to help other Absolutely. people. Um, where does that come from? I mean, where does the uh, helping other people um, really come from? Because I don't think you picked that. It sounds like you had to kind of internalize yourself while you were mm-hmm. in prison. So where does the help other people come from? Where it actually comes from, because it's, it's in me, for one. It's in me because I, like we all you know, are, are, are children of God. So it's in me. Um, but it also comes from my study and my belief in God. Mm-hmm. Um, um, there's so many, I can go on and on about so many different pas- passages that's in the Bible about being your brother's keeper about um, putting other people before you. So I, and I'm a firm believer that when you humble yourself um, and be there for other people, you know, you get blessed behind that. And not necessarily, and you can get blessed in different fashions. I can be blessed by seeing you prosper. Mm-hmm. That can be my blessing for seeing you not struggle. Like to see someone that once struggled, that once was in the mud, to see them prosper is a blessing to me. 
You know that, yeah. that that's I'm that's amazing. You know that's that's amazing to me. Like I'm not a person that that, that hates on someone or right. that someone like oh, I want that. I don't covet someone else's blessings. Um, that's a blessing for me to see someone that I helped that I put I had a helping hand and to see and you succeed and whatever it is that you want to succeed in. You know whether if you want to be a garbage man and you mm-hmm. get a job as a garbage man. You know you want to work at McDonald's. You want to be the fastest. Sandwich maker, there is whatever the case may be. If I, yeah, whatever it is, if I had a helping hand in that, that's a blessing to see you live in your passion, live not your passion. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where they come from. They come from my, my, my obedience to serve God because I understand that when we die, like we can't take none of this stuff with us. Any mm-hmm. everything that I've accumulated, everything that you have accumulated, or that anyone else has accumulated. Social impact, the people that remember you. Exactly. We can't say, but what are you like? What are you? What is your legacy going to say once you're gone? Because your money's going to be gone. All that stuff going to be gone. What did you do? Right. You're going to have to hold yourself accountable for God. Like that's the only person that's going to ask you. Yeah, you're Mm -hmm. going to have. You're going to be held accountable before God. Did Did you live your life selfishly? Yeah. You know? Did you? Did you? Or did you live it selfless? Like, how did you live your life? You know. And that's the and also have I mean, a fitness line that I'm working on. You want to be able to stand proud. Yeah, I want to be not not necessarily stand proud. I just want to do my job. You know, I just do what, do, do what I feel like we're supposed to do. I feel like that's I feel like we're commissioned mm-hmm. to do this. I feel like this is not something that like I feel like I should get a, a badge of honor. None of us should get a badge of honor for wanting to do or doing. I think this is what we're commissioned to do. Mm-hmm. Um, in the beginning of the Bible, the Bible talks about going out and being fruitful. That was our first commission. Yeah. When God created man, he said, go out and multiply, be fruitful. That was our first commission, to go out and be fruitful. That's, that's our job. And exactly. That's mm-hmm. our job, to be fruitful. So if I can help you and get you to a point where you're strong, where you're able to stand up on your own two feet, and you're able to support your family, if I can get you mentally stable, we have just multiplied. Mm-hmm. You know, we have just, I just made you fruitful. I just helped make you fruitful, which yeah. is my commission. And you, and you, now, and you, you help yourself as well. Exactly. It's, and I helped myself in that process. Because you just went around and you helped your family. You just made your family fruitful. Mm-hmm. So that's what our commission was, to be fruitful and to multiply. Wow, dude, that's crazy. That's our, uh, that's our commission. Well, um, man, how far? <laughs> wow, that's crazy, man. I mean, I, I really don't know. I mean, I'm kind of speechless. Yeah. So what, uh, you know, now that you're, you're trying to do this, mm-hmm. uh, do you have... The timetable when it might actually take place. Um, it's happening. It's 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 it's, it's in the works. Yeah, it's definitely work. With it. everything that God's been blessing me with, with um, with my new success, like it's happening. Like it's gonna happen. And nice. It, 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 it's happening. And uh, when it happens, for, like when it comes completely into fruition, people wanna hear about it. Uh, hopefully, people come on board with it. Yeah. Um, well, a lot of people gonna be hearing for, yeah. for, from for, about it for. From you firsthand, which is pretty crazy. Uh, well, I'm not sure if I have any other questions. I think we've I think we covered an extended amount today. Uh, before we get out of here, uh, let's uh, talk about how people can reach you. Before we do that, let's talk about um, any sort of message you want to leave with anybody. So, um, I'll leave the floor for you. Is there anything that else that you would like to add in, off based off anything that we've already talked about thus far? Mm-hmm. Well, I am on a couple of social media sites. Not a lot. Instagram. I have a Facebook, which is my name, Nathan Coe. Um, I have a Snapchat, I have a Snapchat, okay. uh, which is um, Nathan Coe 2015. So Nathan um, Coe, and that's C-O-E on the code. Nathan C-O-E 2015. 2015. It pops up by Nate. Why 2015? Uh, because that was the, that was like my new life. 
That was when I was released. Oh, that was when I was released from prison. That was new life. Nice. That was a new chance. Um, um, is there anything I would like to leave with people? I think the one thing I would like to leave with people, with with with, with individuals, is that I think the biggest obstacle that one must jump over is ourselves. Mm. I think that's the that's the we're the biggest hurdle that we must jump over. And I feel like once we jump over ourselves, that's the key to true success. And I had to learn that myself. Once mm -hmm. you hurdle yourself, once you hurdle self-doubt, self-pity, self-hate, self-discrimination, once you hurdle those things, you will find your key to success on the other side. Yeah. Um, and that's what I had to do because, you know, so many times I was like, you know, I was hating myself. I was, uh, I had doubt, doubt myself about so many different things. Like, you're not worthy of this. You can't do this. You can't do this. You're this. You're this. You're this. this. Um, and we do that all the time. We tell ourselves we don't deserve this. I don't deserve it. But we do. Mm. We do deserve it. So stop beating yourself up. Stop throwing yourself a pity party. I say get up, get after it. Hurdle yourself and watch. Hurdle yourself, hurt and, yourself watch your and watch your success follow. Jump over yourself. Get out of your own way. Right? Stop focusing. I feel like so many times we focus on what people like this person saying this about, this person doing mm. this, this person doing that. Like watch that person. Like, that don't, none yeah, of that matters. Yeah, get, get, get out of your own way. Yeah, get out of your own way. Stop focusing on what the next person is doing to focus on you. Absolutely. Stop focusing on what the next person is saying about you. Focus on you because I don't care what someone says about me. I know me. You can only control you. Yeah, I can only control me. I know what I'm here for. I know what I'm standing for. Yep. I know what I die for. So, end of the day, your opinion don't necessarily mean anything to me. Sure. Even if you think highly of me, that's amazing. I appreciate that. I salute yep. that. Um, but end of the day, it's just, that's your opinion. It's all about um, you. That's your, that's your opinion of me. Yeah. So I have to like. There's nothing you can life. do about that. Their opinion, you can only control you. You don't control uh, you. So I feel like just get out, get out of your own way, and um, just focus on you. And, Perfect. And watch and watch your success happen, and try to stay humble in the process of that. And that's something that I've always tried to do. I try to stay humble um, with everything I go through, no matter how high I go up or how low I get. I'm gonna stay humble. Awesome, man. I'm, stay humble. I'm happy for you. Uh, I, your story is crazy. Yeah, you know, that's been the best part is getting, you know, I've, I've known you know, the last four people that I've had on here, but I never, I don't think I've ever sat down and had this real conversation, which has uh, been pretty eye-opening, um, especially because everybody has different experiences and we all have different things that we've done um, and been through. And, you know, especially, you know, the story that you just told, you know, me and everybody that gets to watch this is just crazy. Um, to go on there and come back on the other side is just, yeah. you know, it sounds like things have worked out the way they, they you know, should have been, even though you may not have understood Absolutely. at the time, yeah. things end up, you know, working out the way they're supposed mm -hmm. to, um, which is awesome. So, um, I think we're going to wrap it up there. I appreciate uh, the yeah. platform. I, appreciate, I definitely like what you're doing. I appreciate the, the platform to get. Yeah, you got it. You, you messed me a couple weeks and we, uh, we're yeah. back and forth. Um, I'm excited. I think it probably happened at the right time. Absolutely. You know, like I said it always you know, things always end up working out for themselves, so this is going to be put out at the right time. It's going to reach the right people. Um, so, yeah, let's get you out of here for the day. I know you got a lot going on, especially how busy you are. Um, yeah, so, you know, you guys know who I am. Um, I'm Curtis. Uh, my Instagram handle is coachkurt.fit. Um, you can find me on Facebook at Curtis Robinson. Um, and outside of that, if you guys have anything that you want to share with Nate, don't be afraid to, you know, uh, 
reach out to him and let him know that you listen to his story. Um, just with a few people that I've done so far, it's already been making a pretty crazy impact. Um, and I know that not a lot of people are actually you know watching it yet, but the people that are watching it, watching these interviews, are learning a lot about these guys. Um, which I'm super excited about because that's that's what it's all about um, is giving them the opportunity to share their story in a capacity that um, they may not have had the opportunity to do just yet. Um, so it was awesome to have you, Nate. Um, and until next week, so uh, yeah, let's uh, get you out of here. Thanks, man. I appreciate it, man. Appreciate it.